Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHKs I'm known, and we had a Bondathon this week. We watched three James Bond films, including the latest film, No Time to Die, so major spoiler alert for that one. We don't want to ruin it for you. Please have seen No Time to Die before listening to this. We also went back and watched Goldeneye from 1995, which was Pierce Brosnan's first outing in the role, and the 2006 version of Casino Royale, which is, of course, Daniel Craig's first outing as James Bond, both those films directed by Martin Campbell. So again, spoiler alert for everything and then be sure to stay tuned after the main discussion as we have a couple of follow-up points and without further ado here's we're watching what all right we watched the latest james bond film no time today what did you two think so i loved it really which wow. surprised me oh uh, I, I really okay bye matt <laughs> yeah do i need to go yeah. i like really loved it I think you need to oh go. yeah i did not <laughs> did not love it no but yeah go on yeah <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I just thought it was great. I was I was emotionally invested. I cried. I I like that these these Bond, the Daniel Craig Bonds, I guess, I haven't loved them all, but I, I like that they kind of made it into a more of a woven thread, I guess, than mm-hmm. a lot of times my issues. Like, I, I can see the merits and the fun in, in Bond films. They're just usually not my style of movie, but they, you know, because they're kind of standalone with threads but it's just kind of okay come enjoy this and it's a one-off thing and i don't get very invested in them typically okay and so i loved casino royale and that it's been kind of a roller coaster kind of going through the rest of the films but then i thought this one brought it all together and kind of wrapped it up nicely and i was surprised and emotional and i I just had a great time and for the the runtime i thought it was really nicely paced there are some things i'd cut out but i thought overall it felt like a solid uh moving film okay Jackie? I mean, I thought it was way too long. I just couldn't even, I couldn't believe it was still going for the most part. But I do think that maybe, I also not, I didn't love Casino Royale. I haven't really loved any of the Daniel Craig, James Bonds all that much. So I've only seen them once mm-hmm. back when they were in theaters. I don't think I've ever re- rewatched any of them. So it's possible that I just didn't remember enough to care. Yeah, for every reason that you enjoyed it, Matt, I did not enjoy it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I thought it was... Shocking news, wait. Yeah, shocking, <laughs> shocking. But, so I will say, I actually, I, re- I do like Daniel Craig as James Bond. I don't have a problem with Daniel Craig. I think he is a good choice for Bond, but I do think the Bond films under his umbrella have been really uneven. Maybe it's because so much time has passed since. And also, Matt, I have to say, you have a much better memory for plot details and stuff like that. Like you remember movies and and TV better than I do, I would say. Mm. So I didn't remember 90% of what was happening in, you know, 90% of what we were supposed to care about in this last Bond film. And I didn't bother to do the homework of rewatching the other ones before. We all rewatched Casino Royale. And then we also rewatched Goldeneye before, but I didn't rewatch it until after I saw No Time to Die. And so I just, I had, I had to rely on my memory of seeing them in theaters and Jackie like you I had not seen them since being in theaters I did not I did not go back and watch any of these Bond movies so the fact that I was just so lost and they, the stakes were so dependent on you having been invested in all of the last films did not read as a Bond film to me interesting yeah no that that's totally valid what's interesting is I so I love Casino Royale the other three in between I do not love I haven't even gotten through Skyfall all the way I fall asleep every time and yeah. Spectre, I barely, I mean, I remember enough about, like you're saying, I have memory for, like, I remember enough about the Spectre organization and the way they kind of connected it and all the villains are in this Daniel Craig go are from that organization or connected to that. Like, I knew that. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I love Vesper. And so I liked, I like that she's remained a thread in all the films. Like that's him being more humanized is what I've enjoyed about these new films, even though the middle three, I haven't really loved. I've, mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. ones I've probably only seen once maybe twice max like i said in skyfall i don't think i've made it all the way through which is funny because i think a lot of people loved that one but (laughs) but it was it was just i don't know that one just really bores me but yeah i don't know it just it really it hit on the emotional beats for me i really liked giving bond a kid i liked oh god (laughs) i I, (laughs) I liked the the idea that he was no longer a double o i liked that we have the the playful of like that we have a new double o seven and i thought she was great Mm -hmm. and I, I mean, I loved Anna de Armas's part. I wish she was in it more, even though that that whole part in Cuba kind of felt like it could have been cut 
mm-hmm. in a way. <laughs> you, know, you could have gotten there mm-hmm. in, yeah. in a different way, but I wouldn't cut it because I loved her character and I loved all that. But Jeffrey Wright's character, you know, him dying, I was just so like, oh my God. And I will say what's funny is I saw it with a friend who randomly really wanted to see it, but has never in her life, as far as she knows, seen a James Bond film. And she, lo- and, and she oh, loved it. Really? She loved okay. It. That's really interesting because yeah. that, well, I, I that she I, loved I asked, it. She asked, she asked a couple questions. Like she asked some questions about, oh, well, who's that guy, whatever. But I, what was funny is we were talking about it after and I kind of thought it did, but it's hard to say because I'm biased, right? Because I, I did know some info, but I kind of thought it did a decent job of you. You're really, it's really enhanced by knowing certain info, but I thought you still kind of, I felt like it told you what you needed to know to at least understand this story of what was going on in the way that she was like asking about Christoph Waltz's character, but uh-huh. she understood that there was this crazy way that he orchestrated the thing in Cuba and that he was a bad guy and was clearly there was history. Like she understood enough about, she didn't need to know where he came from to uh-huh. understand that he was bad and that this was, there was history there and stuff. I don't know. She, she thought it was great. And we were both crying together and I don't know. <laughs> it, was, yeah, it was a fun time. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. And we're back. That refutes my theory on you can't drop into this one. I mean, I guess you could drop, you can drop into a Bond film, right? Like I think at the end of the day, the studio is not going to let you not make it so you can drop into a Bond film. But maybe, maybe the people at the most disadvantaged are the ones who have seen the other films, but don't care enough to, or don't remember them or didn't care enough about them to remember. And are like, I think I'm supposed to know who this is. And are spending time trying to remember instead of just plugging into the film as it's presented. Yeah, maybe there's a mindset shift, right? Of yeah. of saying, hey, oh gosh, I think I'm missing so many things because I'm supposed to know this stuff. Right. And I did yeah. see it. And you're trying to think of what you know, whereas she knew nothing and thought she'd be confused. Yeah, <laughs> so that's, that makes like sense. That. I, I spent so much of the time being like, God, I just don't remember mm-hmm. why I'm supposed to care about this, yep. you know, or like who this person is and like, what you know and there was some clues obviously so what i mean you know wasn't completely bored but i did i think it did take me out too much yep yep i am with and then i think the the thing that pissed me off the most and i thought lashana lynch was fantastic i thought that was such those are some of my favorite scenes i was like hand her the franchise this is so great they even acknowledge she's 007 i was like this is so so smart you know, I, I thought it was a good poetic ending to Daniel Craig. And I was like, if this is how he's going to go out, I'm okay with that part of it. If they're actually going to, like at the last few minutes of the film, I was like, oh my God, are they going to do it? Are they actually going to do know. it? I, so I got really excited. I, you know, I like put my hands up and I was like, they did it. They did it. And then did you two stay till the very, very bitter, yeah. bitter end? Yes. Where yeah. it's not only does it says James Bond will return. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck are you on about? Because if you had said 007 will return, I'd be like, this Perfect. is great. This Perfect. is great. Even yeah. if you don't make it Lashana Lynch somehow, which would be devastating and just so offensive to me. But the fact that they said James Bond will return, I was like, what's the... you? The, because it's in such a gross disconnect to them spending all this time being like, yes, it's the same guy. Like the same plot has mattered through these last however many films. Suddenly it's a new James Bond as opposed to the previous Bond films, which are like, uh, it could be any guy, any guy's James Bond, you know, like uh, it's a mantle. It's not necessarily, you know, the same character through all these films. So I, I was yeah. just, I was so angry at the very I was end. disappointed by that. And I, I thought, cause it made me sad because I was thinking, wow, are they going to hand her the franchise? And are we going to get now, 007 and I can't remember what her name was in the film but are we gonna are we gonna yeah are we gonna start getting these films which I think would have been really cool Mm -hmm. but then yeah seeing that James Bond will return at the end it it just made me think okay because it's my understanding anyway and correct me if I'm wrong but the Daniel Craig Bonds to me were like a reboot of the franchise and it's weird because Judi Dench was in (laughs) obviously in the 90s ones as well right as um but Casino Royale, we see him become Bond, and it's his first big mission. Mm-hmm. So as a double O, right? And so it's right. it was like a reboot. And Casino Royale wasn't that? Isn't there a, an old film, Casino Royale? So like yes. it was kind There's, of like it's a, a re- it's a Woody Allen James Bond, which we don't. Have <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And so I I this was like a reboot, and then it felt like by the end of it, because it said James Bond will return, it felt like oh okay, so you're not going to continue along this storyline. You're going to reboot it with a new person as James Bond, and then it's like okay, that means we lose. Everything that we've built up for the last few years. Everything that was built up. So that made me really sad 
to think about uh, because honestly, the weapon that they created in this was so. That's the other thing I liked about it was I know Bond movies are always ridiculous, but this was giving me such comic book story vibes, and maybe that's to its detriment, but it was just working for me, and like it was so insane and ridiculous, like the nanobots and all the stuff they were doing, mm-hmm. and there are infected people still out there that the plants destroyed, but mm. he couldn't go be with her anymore because if he touched her now that she was a target if he touched her she would die and so there are people out there that are infected with this stuff that didn't die from cuba yeah and mm-hmm. stuff is that would kill her if they came into contact with her without her knowing that they had it so it's like a thing where that weapon still seems to exist in my mind and they make it very clear to say once it's there you can they don't have a way to get it out mm-hmm. so it seems like a thing where you could have kept pulling on that thread if you wanted to and continue the franchise but yeah i I don't know. I, again, I think this go, this plugs into our conversation about, you know, historical James Bonds and what makes a great Bond film. And and to me, I think I, in some ways, I, th- I mean, I know for a fact James Bond is an antiquated character, right? Like this is this is a character that I think part of the challenge is it struggles. The more technology adapts, the more silly it almost is to have one man fighting all of these things, unless they are an actual superhero, which James Bond is close, but not actually there, as opposed to, you know, say the Cold War threats or all that stuff. It makes more sense to to put, I mean, it's still fantastical, but it makes more sense to put one person in a position where they can stop these things, as opposed to like, if it's a, essentially a network of blah, 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 James Bond can't stop that. No one can stop yeah. that. We lose, we're all dead. You know, it's just, eh, that's, yeah. I'm trying to put too much logic into James Bond. <laughs> I know, that's yeah. the thing. But, but honestly, these movies kind of did that a little bit, which is kind of a shift in the tone, right? They kind of yeah. they kind of dark knighted the, the franchise <laughs> a little bit like Christopher Nolan in a way where it's like, oh, let's go and take James Bond and make it actually a little more real. Like you compare Goldeneye to even Casino Royale as films by the same director. And you're like, Jesus, you know, when looking at like the insanity of what is happening in Goldeneye, <laughs> even yeah. the opening sequence versus they tried to uh, humanize them a little bit more if you will, I think, bring it more yeah. to this earth. They're still out there and crazy, but to your to that point, you don't, you can't let it get too insane. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the problem with a character that's been in X amount of films, right? 20-something films. 20, you know, this is number 25, not, and 25, then we're not wow. counting, I mean, I think it's like 24 canonical ones and then 25, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, a lot of movies, a lot of movies. Lots and lots of movies made about this dude. It's very hard. So I think in a lot of ways it was smart to reboot it just to make him a little more human because eventually they get so super powered because you keep having to outdo yourself in every film, right? Mm-hmm. That it gets so unbelievable no one cares anymore, right? So, I mean, I think it was smart to bring him back down, even though I do sort of miss the fun landing a plane (laughs) kind of stunts from a jump, you know, like those kind of things are fun to watch and I enjoy thoroughly. But I do understand like sort of the need to step back down so we can build him back up to this place again, you know? Yeah, but I feel like they built him back up to the place too, or the place they built him to was too much. And again, I think some of it's because it's reflective of the horrible world that we live in now where and but, you know, we also can't speak to because we don't know how it felt to be, I don't know, in the Cold War and and having these movies coming out at the same time is is, were they escapism or were they, you know, people going like, oh, my God, the moon is up now. (laughs) They're going to put lasers on the moon. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, and and as much as I. I want and need the next, you know, 007 to be who they made it in this movie. I would actually not mind a reboot that does like 60s ones that aren't so sexist and terrible, you know, that they just set it in the in a time mm. frame with less technology because you can tell stories set whenever you want to, right? Um, yes. I, I think that could be fun. Yeah. I was trying to think this is putting my sort of business cap on. I was like, why? Why won't you let go of James Bond? You know, thinking about intellectual property, right? I was like, okay, well, obviously the name James Bond is trademarkable or whatever it is, copyright, you know, that's the character. I was like, is the double O thing, is that real? Is that not real? I don't know. I don't think anyone's actually sanctioned it, but it's, you could do James Bond Presents if you wanted to continue in this modern tradition and know me, right? Like whatever it is, but I don't need another dude doing this role that's already- Do you remember when they were going to make, they were going to let Halle Berry. Halle Berry's character, Jinx, have her own show? Oh, and like then, a spinoff. Yeah. 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 And then Catwoman <laughs> happened. 
Like, yeah. So, you know, but my hope is this is, you know, <laughs> no regrets. <laughs> we got a lot, you know. <laughs> yeah, we were given. We were given a lot. We were given what we deserved. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That is what we deserved. Yes. I, I, yeah. yeah. It's interesting, but I part of me thinks that this could have gone a different way, as far as rebooting versus continuing or doing something with Lashana Lynch here, like because didn't Amazon buy MGM last year did, did or this they? year? very recently and so i believe now that there's like amazon owning this massive franchise i guess i should check that before <laughs> I, I thought I, that happened but oh, yep they signed an agreement i don't know if it has been approved by everything, okay but so yeah they, they try to inspire yeah obviously they're gonna want to reboot it and these films make so much money it's ridiculous it's a worldwide you know everyone loves it and so it's it's such a it's such a proven concept, unfortunately, I guess, <laughs> that, that it, these just sell, you know. So, and this one, I believe I saw, like, I think it had the biggest opening weekend of a Bond film ever. Mm. And so, if that's the case, it, of course, they're going to want to continue it and re reboot it, whatever, but, but keep this character that, that resonates with everybody. And, I, I, you know, I wish that they would go on and just, like you said, I think a James Bond Presents idea or however you want to do it, I think would be really cool. Yeah, so um, it's the exact opposite financially. It is the second lowest debut oh. for for a Craig one. Oh, I thought I and, read it was the biggest of Bond franchise, but well, uh, mm. second lowest opening Maybe run of his Bond. It. Only only Casino Royale earned less at its debut. Oh, okay. Yeah, there I am corrected. Yes. Okay, yeah. So who knows? It's Maybe still, it is. It still time. made money, and and yeah, yeah, we have to acknowledge we're in this. We're still in the middle of a pandemic. You know, it's not. So I I I get that. Box office numbers are not cut cut and dry right now. Yeah, but oh I, totally yeah. I don't think it was. I think something I think like Chong Chi proved that you that can have. Trailer was not great. Which we yeah we definitely talked about that. <laughs> well, I think that they I think internationally I think it's it's been out for a couple of weeks matter. but I think they've passed like three hundred million internationally. Yes, internationally like it's so maybe, done well, but maybe it was talking about it being a big international. I don't know, but I I, I saw something where it was performing well in for Bond films, maybe I'd be totally crazy. But either way, it's a lot of money, you know? And so they've already made their money back more over so far because I believe it costs a little over 200000 to make. So, I'm sorry. 200000 Yeah, I was like... It did cost over $200,000 to make. That is actually technically correct. Quite a bit. 200000 to make. You're not wrong. so could you imagine back the day where they could make movies? I know. For I know. It, it, like if it if it had the value that that has today, you know, like yeah, 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 yeah. It means so much more. Back then. Oh, think of the things that would be made. Yeah, but I, I you know, obviously they're they're a successful. It's a successful a successful machine, and so mm -hmm. I get it. But at the same time, yeah, it makes one wonder if yeah. MGM was not up for an acquisition, if they would if they would do something else, but maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. Having rewatched Goldeneye, which is one of my favorite Bond films of all time, does it hold up? Did you two feel like it held up? Well, I guess yeah, the I first, first, where does it rank in your pantheon of James Bond films? And then did it hold up to whatever that ranking is? No, oh, I didn't rank mine. Not you know, not like you don't have to do like an yeah. exact. But is it is it a was it already one of your top ones or yeah, yeah. Golden, Goldeneye and Casino Royale are my two favorite James Bond films. And I, I would wager to say this new one probably is in my top three, honestly, because I loved it that much. And so it still is there. I have not rewatched most of the Bond films. <laughs> like, I've seen a lot of them once, and I'm like, okay, whatever. Mm -hmm. You know? Hold up, I don't know. Like, I, I've watched it frequently enough throughout the years when I'm just in a mood to watch it. So I, I was not surprised at the quality of it. Like, it's not like it's been 20 years since I've seen it, you know? So yeah, yeah. I can't say if I had watched it in the nineties and I watched it now, if I felt the same now as I would have been, but it's now such a nostalgia staple for me that it absolutely is exactly what I needed to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I still loved it, but I will say that I probably, I mean, I watch it at least every few years. Right. So it's not like a, it's not like I never watch it. So I, I did know what to expect rewatching it this time. I had not seen it in a while, I had realized. And it was and it's pretty misogynistic. I was like, oh no, what have we done? What have we done? What did I why did I do this to us? 
But I still, you know, I fully acknowledge it is a flawed, it's a flawed character. It's definitely probably, I feel like it was the starting, starting to try and be a little less misogynistic, just a tiny bit with the Pierce Brosnan ones, you know, with Judy Dench coming in and all that stuff. But I was still like, oh, no, no, this it is. Was, it was, to me, it feels, it feels like it was the the beginnings of trying to make Bond himself less of a terrible rapist womanizer. Yeah, but the franchise still remained very misogynistic and was objectifying women left and right, which they yeah. still do. But those were still doing it heavier than the Daniel Craig ones mm-hmm. that started to do. They still do, of course. But I felt like, yeah, it was like their, their first attempt. It felt like as, as trying to move it into a little more of a modern. Yeah, modern it was time. it was a baby step. It was not yeah, a no, yeah. it was not a no giant strides yeah. were taken, but. Yeah. I mean, it probably comes as no shock that Judy Dench is my favorite M. I think she should be everyone's oh, favorite M. I love her. Yeah, and, she's amazing. And I mean, her, you know, the, the good line about like, you're a relic of the Cold War. Like, well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> kind of whatever, like that whole, it's, all, it's just, it's so good. And yes, uh, yeah. there's some moments. And Xenia on the top, I mean, I. Bonga mm, Jensen, like what a, was, what a legendary treasure. Legendary. Treasure. She was always who I played in the game when we play like battle, you know, on N64. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, of course. I always played battle and I was always Xenia on the top. And uh, my <laughs> Jamie was always Boris. <laughs> we have Flair, Flair of for the Of course. Of course, Jamie was Boris. <laughs> well, you know, that was always the character she was drawn to. <laughs> that tracks. Yep, that, yeah. that tracks. I was always Bond, and it was always a fight over Bond. I was like, no, I'm Bond. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was right there, like, never interested. If, if I was going to be someone else, it'd be, like, Trevelyan, probably. But it, <laughs> it was uh, not, not going to be Bond. Yes. Oh, M calls him a sexist, misogynist dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like, hmm, all right, well, we're just going to say it. All right, <laughs> wonderful. I mean, but still, most of the plot was pretty misogynist. It's okay, though. <laughs> you know... Uh, it's a it's a thing. Well, Sonia was killing people with her thighs. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that workout routine, sis. That line at and the end when he's like, while making always, like, she always did love a squeeze, or what did he say? Like, yeah. it's, oh god. And I will say, the one-liners they 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 always seem to appear, and they don't ever disappoint. And I I was thinking in this new one that there weren't that many terrible. There's some some crap, but there wasn't that many terrible terrible lines until. The guy with the eye, and it blew up there at the end. After that really amazing, amazingly choreographed stairwell scene, which I thought mm-hmm. was really cool. It was like mostly one shot. I thought that was incredible. But at the end of that, and he puts the watch up, and then the eye explodes in his head, and then he's talking to Q, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I just showed him your watch. It really blew his mind." Yes, I <laughs> I, I, I was like so hard at that, and it made me really sad because I missed those moments. I missed like I like the Brosnan <laughs> cheesy spy clever quips and. You know, and that was that's also so far into the movie. And I, I think going back to uh, No Time to Die a little bit, I we should acknowledge that Phoebe Waller Bridge is a, a writer on it, and she's only the second credited female writer. And I could, I felt like I could tell when it was her scenes, and I feel like that might have been one of her zingers. Yeah, some lighter fun stuff in it that because it, yeah. it was dark and heavy, but there was some lighter fun stuff. And and for me, and I know I'm probably the one who skews the most comedy leaning and enjoys that type of stuff. I was like, oh, these are so great. Like, I, I'm I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure she's responsible for like the Paloma stuff, and and I know she's responsible for a lot of the the other 007 Nomi stuff. And I was thinking these are the highlights for me. I want more of this, but it just serves to further contrast to the dark, broody, broody, blah, blah, everyone's so sad moments. For the rest of the film, which is not what I gravitate towards. And then watching GoldenEye after that, I was like, yes, this, but without the misogyny. But this, please. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think to that point, you know, and no offense to the guys here, but I think to that point, if we're going to be rebooting it, why don't we use Phoebe and other and other writers and female writers and things like that? And these these two guys that have been writing all of these movies <laughs> for <laughs> so long, maybe they maybe they should be done. And not to say like, oh, you haven't done anything, but like, let's take a, let's have a fresher perspective on this. And, and I thought, I don't know. I mean, you know, we talked about already that this Daniel Craig kind of franchise here, it's been better to the women while still objectifying, but better to the women. I think that this outing was probably one of the better to the women, like, as you're pointing out. So I think that like, that would be really cool. Let's get Phoebe continuing to write. I disagree in some senses. I okay. Yes, it's better to the women in that it's not 
blatantly, constantly, always, the only purpose they serve is to object them or whatever, or, or even, you know, that's essentially raping in some sense. But, but at the same time, they're all, almost all of them are still just objects or they're harlots yeah. who betray him or whatever it may be, right? It's never until this latest one. As far as I can that's remember, I can't. That's what I'm saying yeah. is this one. Okay. I was I saying this one. I thought you meant like the Craig one. No, as a whole. no, no, no. I was okay, saying yeah. that they made, I was saying yes. they've made strides in this Craig ones, but this one felt a little more forward than we Okay, yes, I, I agree that with way. that. Well, I Whereas agree they held, with that. They held their own here, and, and it was, it was, I like that later on when, you know, you think, okay, he's going there to, to rescue the girl and, and, the, and, the, and the kid and all this, whatever, but then she actually gets herself out of the situation before he even finds her. That kind of yeah. stuff, like, appreciate those things and there's some of that with natalia and golden eye things like that but it's so often just the damsel in distress type of thing and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so i liked that there were they seem to be they're still not big enough but there seem to be some steps forward here and i liked that lashana lynch didn't really i mean except for when they first met and she was pretending she wanted to sleep with them i, I felt like she wasn't objectified at all she felt like she was just a strong character and was able to have a sensible wardrobe whereas even like Later on in the film, you know, we're seeing after they've been kidnapped and they're at the big facility. I mean, she's walking around in heels, and it was like, why would she have even put this on? Was she? I didn't notice that, but oh god, yeah, Mm. they weren't like they weren't like six inch heels, but they were. They're heels. There was a rise to her. Yeah, to her. You were on the run when you left your house with your kid. You would not have slipped some heels. Oh, you're talking about uh, Swan, not Lashana. Yeah, I switched. I couldn't remember her name in the movie already. Doctor Swan. Yeah, she, but. She was wearing heels in the finale. Okay, because I was like, what? Was like, that, I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Was not, sorry. Um, okay. But I was just, she got a sensible wardrobe for the whole film, I thought, and I thought that was really, and it, it, as she should, and it was cool. But then, you know, we still Yeah, but then it's immediately steps. undermined by Ana de Armas fighting in, you know, know. she should have flashed everybody at that thing. Like, I, the, what, I want whatever double-sided tape she had because, I know. you know, <laughs> she should not have stayed in that dress in any way. Yeah, I know, and it's, it's so ridiculous, and, and, and it's just, it's like, oh, okay, always, always, always. But then, like, I'm sitting here guilty because I was just like, God, oh, she's so gorgeous, and I love her, and I thought she was hilarious, and I thought she looked so hot, and all of a sudden it's like, I'm the problem, and it's like, and I am, but it's just... <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's a difficult place to be in. Yeah, it is. But I, but I did enjoy her presence there. I was like, okay, this yeah. is a. Fun. I, and I also, I was like, oh no, he's gonna sleep with her. He's gonna sleep with her. And then he didn't. I which, know. which, but that's such a low bar. I know. Well, I know. And I, I, I was, I was like, you. Yeah. I was pleasantly surprised that they didn't do it. I was like, yeah, oh, cool. <laughs> obviously, they would have. You know, otherwise, <laughs> in any other film, you know, so it's like. <laughs> Also, just plot-wise, uh, I mean, again, I guess I have to, I have to remember that the Daniel Craig ones are sort of like restarting, or what you know, the other ones. I don't know if the other ones just don't exist as far as the Craig ones are concerned. But like, with the amount of probably unprotected sex this man has had, the fact that he has not had a child prior to this, and that's actually not incorrect. I think there's an early one where his wife and kid get killed, mm. and that's yeah. like his, okay. dark, yeah, it's like a but, Roger but the Moore fact one, that, right? yeah, no, I think it's even, um, it's a really early one. I want to say it's Lazenby. Mm. All right. I don't know. I think, yeah, it's, I, I don't think it's a Connery one. I think it's like George Lazenby's one. But either way, they tried, they tried that plot line once. And, uh, but I was just like, the fact that this is the first child that this man has had is highly suspect. I know. <laughs> you know, it's just. Listen, then, the child, being, I, being there raised the stakes for me, though. But I, I knew hated, that it would make it out, but I was worried. I hated that that's what it took. You know, it just feels like such a base so simplistic motivation and again her only purpose at this point is to serve as the thing the motive you know the the damsel in distress scenario and i just that that really took me out of it no i could see that i like the ad i like the layer of that character being central to the specter plot line being that her father is the big bad behind specter prior previously which i did not remember (laughs) which he's i mean golden eye you see him in golden eye so the guy that plotting everything goldeneye that's her dad wait mr what? white but is it the same canonical mr. i'm sorry white? Not goldeneye. i'm sorry casino royale oh <laughs> oh casino royale mr white he... uh so that's her father okay because we because what happens if i remember correctly is that in specter we learn what specter is and then learn that all of these baddies from quantum of solace and then casino, like have been connected to specter the whole time and yes mr. yeah white mr white yeah has been and that's her father and then he dies inspector but so I, I like that there's the added layer of she she had she served a good purpose, Inspector, to help 
the situation because he need you know they needed her and being that she's connected to it i like that it's not just oh she's in distress whereas it's also kind of like there's an actual reason why they would be targeting her a little bit more because she was kind of part of it yeah but it's but again you still have to be able to remember that and all this stuff and then she's still you know essentially a pawn in all of this and i don't know how much agency she has as a byproduct of it and and then also (laughs) can we talk about rami malik's character (laughs) he's like i you know you already have Christoph Waltz in this. I don't. I don't know what Rami Malek's character added to this. Is my question. I liked him, but I. I think that he could have been more. I feel like they just shoehorned him in and tried to be like he's connected to this girl. It's yeah. fine. It's a spooky like he, burn face. He was the one who was going and weaponizing this in yeah, a but, way that was so. It's like because it you know with Christoph Waltz he it wasn't. Even he wasn't planning on using it for global. It's essentially kind of the same idea what we did in uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier earlier this year, where they were just kind of like, here's this project that we can now manipulate and then kill anyone at any time that we just think is a threat to us and, and, and what we want and everything. And that's what Rami Malik's character was taking it to when it wasn't intended to be that way. Yeah. But I think he should have been fleshed more. I agree with that. I yeah. did love the opening sequence, though. I thought that was really tense. Yeah. Was yeah. It. It was horror to me. I was like, yeah. Okay. Well, I like they got introduced him. I, I guess I didn't really even hate his storyline all that much. Yeah, but I, I just think it could have been more. It could have mattered more. It, it could have mattered more like, for sure. Yeah, I, I don't think I hated it necessarily, but I was like, at this point, we have so much time to cover, and we're are, we, if we are trying to actively wrap up five movies worth of stories, why are we adding in something that feels so tangential to all of the other ones? And we were like, uh, it's connected. We swear, this is how it's connected. Okay, bye. I just thought they could have done they could have established motivation and stuff with the existing characters we had or it didn't have to be somebody who was so connected to i don't, I don't know i feel like they were trying to be like no no we it's all it's all one big tapestry of evil mm-hmm. i almost feel like it's somewhere in the middle where not to say it was completely successful in doing this but when talking about how they used to be a lot more standalone now this is less standalone i almost feel like making sure you have a specific big baddie in each one Mm-hmm. That is doing the the thing that the overall plot is, you know, it's kind of informing that yeah, overall. Yeah. Like, here's what I have to stop is what kind of helps it feel like it could still be a little standalone. Whereas if he wasn't there, you really would need to rely on all the villains that already existed more. You know what I mean? So it doesn't mean they did it successfully, but I think that's probably what the intention is. Sure. Yeah. I don't think they did it successfully, but I, I, I can see your point on that one where it forces Christoph Waltz's character to become secondary. Yeah, he, he ended up kind of being a pawn. Yeah. More than he needed to be, maybe. But, you know, his his thing was ridiculous and fun and the, the stupid eye thing. And it was like, he's like controlling this whole thing in Cuba from this eye. <laughs> and they yeah. had it on a platter. I was just, I was laughing, but I was like, I love that. I was just like, it's so stupid. I, just like, <laughs> I feel like they zoned fun. out slightly for the how they accomplished the his, his eyeball and there's do all the things and he's been talking to himself i was like okay sure you know <laughs> yeah it's one of those it's one of those plot lines where you just kind of have to be like okay smile and nod yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a smile and nod moment okay you're just yeah. like you know we yeah. need to get from there yeah. and well, they couldn't figure it out okay and so now like, we get this weird couple of lines and you're just gonna smile right. yes, gonna yes, yes, yes. So the the random you know exposition from some character segueing a little into casino royale because we also watched that one i re-watching that one i was like oh yeah no i still re- I, I do like casino royale and yeah. <laughs> i just had forgotten how much of that movie is someone narrating a poker game i know <laughs> So much poker. Like, it's way he, much he has more. a tell is this oh my god this is just like they're doing this as exposition for people who don't know how to play poker <laughs> but do you need to be doing this in a james bond movie <laughs> i know i love it though and I, I i think that movie could also be shorter and i thought that when it came out as well i do think the setup to that by the time we get to the poker yeah. It's like, wow, we spent 45 minutes. <laughs> we also did not it. need to show that much like, poker in real we time. Didn't, but it just was kind of like, but the story of the poker game being kind of As a important. big, like, okay, yeah. this is, here's the plot. It it takes a, a minute to get there. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, man. And, only, and only a very short time is spent on showing how he becomes a double O. So it's not like it's like, oh, let's go into this prequel world where we're learning about recruiting him. And now we don't do any of that. We just show the black and white scene of him becoming a double O. 
and I'm, then we spend I'm 45 okay with minutes not... until we get to poker. Yeah. Well, oh, no, I am too. I just mean it's 45 minutes of, like, it's not like they're giving us an yeah. incredible amount of plot that we needed. It's funny because I was like, yeah, I don't need James Bond's backstory. And maybe that yeah. is what I disliked so much about the the Craig ones is that so much of it hinges on, like, your childhood and all the stuff and you're an orphan and he's your, you know, adopted brother and all that. Like, I don't care. I don't I need that. to. This is one of the few characters I don't need to care. You've already got me because there are, you know, 50 years of James Bond history for me to be like, I'm already invested. I don't even you, you you win on this one. It's a you cash in on the name, which right. is why they'll never yeah. let the name go. I've answered my question from earlier. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, no, and I can see that perspective. I I think I differ on it only that I think that's what even though I haven't liked all the Craig films a ton, what I've liked about this iteration is it. I like being able to care about him as a person a little bit more, just because otherwise I don't really care. Like I start zoning out. Like I need when I'm watching action films, like I need people to like really care about in order for me to care about the stakes of what's going on and so i like that aspect of it but i think that the stepbrother thing was stupid i think all that I, they, they go well, I the stuff they did wasn't necessarily amazing you know but i like them being hung up on the one girl the whole it's time. funny that i do i usually do like more character in my in my you know heroes or whatever but i will say that like for james bond and just because we have 25 years with a story where the stuff didn't play any part and i understand this is a reboot in some ways, but then my brain just wants this character to have some sort of through line. And so it always just feels like, oh, okay, so now we're going to give him this. Oh, okay, so now we're going to do this. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I kind of just roll my eyes when it happens just because we've had this character for so long without needing those things. Right. Slash knowing them. And so it just feels very, like, tacked on, even though obviously they rebooted the character and you should just sort of respect that it's a different version right but it just always feels so like okay all of yeah, a sudden yeah. he's got this you know all okay you know what i mean like he's in all these missions before this or you know it didn't matter yeah. but now it's funny matt that you say you know for the action you want to care about the character and then have for there being stakes and i think this is the other problem with james bond films same thing is applicable to superhero movies and all this stuff it's anything centering around a character where their name is the title of it or whatever it may be you know they're going to be fine in the end, right? And that is why I was Not prepared. Always. This is why I was prepared to love when they started going down this pathway to love No Time to Die. And then it did the thing. And I was like, no. You know, I was like, that's fine. I there mean, were if you're saying that you watch Goldeneye and don't count the pin clicks, I don't know what you're talking about. That's true. I count the pin clicks. But, <laughs> but still, it's, but, but that's because I like, I do, uh, yeah, yeah. Because you sit yeah. there and you're like, oh, my God. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. funny because I, I totally see those perspectives that I, I agree with that for, I think, what the franchise is. I think it's more just I've never, aside from Goldeneye, which I also partially blame on loving the game as much as I did is why I, do I got think, so yeah, into I the big, movie. Mm -hmm. But I've never really cared at all about most of the other Vaughn films I've ever seen. I've seen a good chunk of them, but I don't know that I've seen all of them. But never really cared about him it's just never been a franchise i've cared at all about and so the daniel craig ones with the thread and kind of getting to know him a little bit more it was like that was going to be the way to my enjoyment of this bond franchise was establishing that this is someone i should care about rather than oh he's always going to live and then there's always going to be a new set of hot girls or hot girl in the next film and we're not going to see anyone else that we saw before and whatever it's so standalone kind of episodic television show that i just never really cared you know, so it's not that, again, not that this all did it so successfully that I was like, oh, I've been so in and counting down the days for these movies. Mm -hmm. I've never cared when they've been coming out. But yeah, I, it stood, it was going to be more successful with me than the other stuff. The 90s nowadays, because it's just fun and hokey and whatever. But yeah. Yeah, it's so hard because now movie. I have that nostalgia about the 90s ones that I'm like, this is what I want. But if they made that, would I have said that? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it's no, very hard, I, you know, because if they had made something super similar to this, I would have been like, eh, it's so stupid. But I think you can, I think you can update it without going too far. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I guess it would have been, it, we'll never know, but it would have been interesting to see what would have happened if they still tried to update the, you know, attitude towards women and all this stuff and, but still kept a more standalone nature to them. But it, yeah. obviously- you know, we didn't get that. So. Well, what I was wondering is, since Amazon bought it, is what are your thoughts on what if they did like a TV series, like an Amazon Prime series? Like what if it was they cast a new Bond and every episode's a different mission type of thing? I'd be into that probably. I'd be... I think that would be a formula that could work. 
I don't. Or at least like a couple episode arc, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Between like them. every arc could not be about destroying the world. Yeah. Be- <laughs> okay. But- so it's really funny. I, for the same reasons that you need to be invested in an action film like this, I want to be invested in a TV show like that. And I don't want to watch a formulaic action, whatever, every, however long. Like I think um, Jack Reacher is a good example of mm-hmm. a, sh- a show that I just could not get into. I love John Krasinski. I don't, I'm indifferent about the character of Jack Reacher, but yeah, Jack Reacher, he plays Jack Reacher. Yeah. Jack um, Ryan. Yeah. Oh, yes. Jack, Jack Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Jack Reacher is the Tom Cruise ones. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So Jack Ryan, I could not get into it. Even though, even though it's very much about backstory and, you know, he's, yeah. a, he's a, almost a James Bond-esque character, but he's more of a nerd. Um, but but I, I was just like, I don't, I can't. I, yeah, no, it's, it's funny because not that this would be a good way, a good comparison in what I'm thinking. But for some reason, when I said that, I'm thinking episodic. My favorite episodics kind of standalone show that I can think of has been The X-Files for my whole life. And not that this would be like the X-Files. I think of that in the way where you could go in at any point in most of the seasons and watch an episode and and understand what's going on and care about what's going on if the story's interesting enough. But there are those arcs that go over and you know the whole time you're watching that show, you know that Mulder is trying to find his sister, even though every episode is not about finding his sister. But you know that's what's motivating him to do what he's doing. And so I think that there's this, this, that you could do something in a way where you could establish some sort of motivations for this character or some stakes around this character and his role as a double seven or double O agent in the MI6 and do some really fun, episodic, just mission based type stuff. And I think it could be fun, but I don't know. I don't know if I'd actually care about it. I almost wish you had not said that his motivation in every episode or whatever it is, is trying to find his sister. So full disclosure, I've never seen an episode of the X-Files. Oh, and so I would be well it's spooky yeah, <laughs> it's scary <true. laughs> I don't do scary but I would be really interested to see if I dropped into a you know middle season middle episode and you, you'd ask me what the motivation for this character is if I could have answered that but now it's, I know it would, it would yeah but yeah. it would really depend on the episode because honestly you know that about him early on basically his sister goes missing and he's convinced it's an abduction by aliens and no one believes him uh-huh. and so he goes in and he's part of, you know, FBI, but he's on the X-Files and stuff. And so he's he's investigating all these supernatural things. And Scully, who's a realist, kind of comes in and she's with him, Jillian Anderson. But they don't talk about the motivation very frequently. No, no, no. But if, yeah, they I think... I know it. And so, yeah, if you dropped in, you may not know that. But the episode itself would probably be entertaining enough for you to sure. be like, oh, that was a fun show, you know? yeah. It's an art form, but it's hard to do. I agree. I wonder if if the scale of something like a James Bond, given our expectations for that character, would work on an Amazon show. Yeah. No, I mean, not the scale-wise, unless they did some, have to be like a prequel, like the early years or something like that, you know? I'd be, um, I'd be interested to watch it. I don't think they'll, what I don't think will ever happen, though, is I don't think like the Broccoli family will ever allow so long as they retain the rights to James Bond it to become a television show. They seem very old school. And that's probably the reason that like we got James Bond will return at the, I mean, yeah. I could be wrong. They could be very progressive, whatever, but uh, given the movies we've seen. <laughs> you know. All right. Well, uh, any other takeaway thoughts from GoldenEye or Casino Royale or No Time to Die? Mads Mikkelsen was underutilized and I, of all the villains to. Under. Mm-hmm. Way underutilized. Under- always. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean. If there's another Bond series coming out, I'll watch it. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Like, you can't, you know, like, I can sit here and complain. I'm like, oh, I was long and I didn't know what was going on and, and whatever. But, I mean, they've got me. You know what I mean? Like, I will go yeah. see the next one, I'm sure. So, so that being yeah, I said, guess. I always enjoy them enough, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I guess if we're going to get a reboot and it's going to be James Bond and it's, it's a male James or a male identifying James. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I guess I hope it's not white. Yeah, just don't. I don't know. I don't know if they're willing to. Yeah, I mean, like they gave us the throwaway line of Q being like, "I'm gonna invite a guy over," and it took how many films to get to that point? And that's just Q, you know? I just don't. Yeah, of course you are. Like, (laughs) you know, it's just like, but it took you that long to say it, you know? Yeah, I just don't. I mean, I want I want to remain optimistic for it, but I just I I don't have high hopes for as much progress as should be made 
let's say that it's announced tomorrow that we're getting a new reiteration, a new reboot of James Bond franchise. Mm-hmm. It is a man. We don't know. A male identifying. It's male, male identifying James Bond. Yeah. Do you, either of you have an idea of who you would cast? Yeah, I will say for me, I, I have to think about who I would. I asked the question without necessarily having an answer myself, but I, I do like the idea of keeping it someone who's British just because it's it's. Okay, you know, so like I'm going to say um, yeah. Red, Reggie Jean or John or whatever from Bridgerton. Ooh, Bridgerton. Ooh. Like he Ray would make Jean a Page. great Bond. Yeah, or Jean Payne. There we go. I could, I could see. I could see. I, I'm not in the camp of Idris Elba. I don't dislike Idris Elba, but I. I think he need to go younger. I was going to say, I think he's too old to play Bond at yeah, this point. Yeah, Jean Jean. Yeah. He's hot. He's British. I think I would. I think I would go, and and I don't know for sure. I guess I don't know if I need to be more not as big star and kind of go someone who's a little more. Let's kind of discover somebody. But mm-hmm. I like Henry Golding as an idea. To be honest, I like. I think that he too. would. I think he, he would really he's kill posh. the he's look definitely and posh. like. He's yeah, he's enough, because for, sure. for me. Like I really, I really learned to enjoy Daniel Craig as Bond. But even when I loved Casino Royale, I still found it jarring. I was like, I don't know. I just don't see him as Bond yet because I was so Pierce Brosnan Bond in my mind about that's what James mm-hmm. Bond is. That it took me a second. Is it because he's and Bond? Were you anti <laughs> Partly. I think in the books, what's funny is he has blonde hair and blue eye, which is funny. And he's always <laughs> not been that in the movies. I, I haven't read them, but I think I, my friend who's read them said that. But either way, I it took me a while to adjust to the image because it felt kind of just jarring. Mm-hmm. But he was kind of more, it kind of touched on like the vibe of the Born Identity franchise like, where it's a little more like it's scrappy and down and dirty more than it's always looking suave and polished but I like thinking of Bond as someone who's very suave and polished and like is wearing a suit and is always whatever oh, and I, I mean, and, and I think yeah. both of these both of these would fit that but I could Henry Golding's just got that really just gorgeously put together mm-hmm. thing about him that I think would work really well. I did. I was thinking about the costuming choices in No Time to Die, where, you know, I think it does very much reflect, he, he wasn't a tuxedo at one point, but I was like, I think he wears jeans at one point. And I was just thinking, James, does James Bond wear jeans? James Bond doesn't wear jeans. I very strangely don't here? find no. Daniel, I just don't find Daniel Craig very attractive. I think he looks like a monkey for some reason. He doesn't look slightly squished. Like his proportions are just off for me. Like I feel like his arms are too long and his legs are too short. I don't know. I just never, he's never been my bond for that reason, which is, you know. I think he's plenty attractive. What I do like about the Daniel Craig ones is that they, and maybe the other ones do this, I just don't remember. I feel like they spend enough, a fair amount of time also objectifying Daniel Craig. They do, yeah. My friend in the movie was like, well, he loves his short shorts. And I was like, oh, you haven't even seen Casino Royale. But, <laughs> but yeah. like, <laughs> they do. And, and then that's appreciated, I guess. And I mean, God, I mean, I didn't even talk about it, but that, that, torture scene in Casino Royale, which is always difficult to watch. I mean, like, I forgot naked. about that you scene. Know, and I was like, oh, it's brutal. <laughs> the thing and, that I mean, has it, happened. And I will never forget watching that in the theater and just the sound of it because it's so just, it, it yeah. hits. But, <laughs> but yeah. Listen, when, when he knew Craig, though, I was like, oh, this, this, this is when I was like, he's a great James Bond. Yeah, that's probably what sold me too, but he just, he's so savage. No, yeah. I, I, he's just a little, yeah. I mean, he's not quite posh enough, I feel it. Like. Well, but I think that's also the choice that they took with the character, right? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I I feel like I'm in. Uh, I know they'll never do it, which is why I don't want to say it. But I'm in the. I I'm almost in the camp of pick an unknown, because I think we associate so much. And not that you know Daniel Craig was an unknown, like you know Pierce Brosnan was. I mean, still he's not. They're not unknowns. But I just all the people who are quote big enough now to play Bond, I associate with a role or whatever it may be, and I don't see them as Bond, or I I don't. You know, this, <laughs> No, I, I agree with that. Yeah. I feel like a lot of current on-screen actors tend to skew, and maybe it's just the the what's in vogue now. But I feel like they skew more boyish and and youthful looking, and not 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 just the young ones. Just I I think Regé Jean Page does look slightly more youthful than folks we've seen on screen beforehand, and I, maybe that's just what's in now, right? Like the the it's the boy band reaction echoing years later that that's yeah. just like what we want to see on screen. No, it's it's odd to say, and I hate to I talk this mas- toxic masculinity and all that's annoying and stuff. But it's it is what you're saying. I I see it where James Bond is a man. <laughs> you know what well, I mean? Like, but he's, like, yeah, he he fulfills like a certain stereotype of man, and if yeah, you're not willing to break out of it, then you know, yeah, 
Yeah. And they could do, and if they did it, they did it well. You know, because if you asked me 10 years ago, I probably would have told you Tom Hardy. And I, even though he's another white guy, but I thought that he could have taken up after Daniel Craig. And I thought he, I don't know, I like, I obviously really like him, but I thought he has that kind of, he can have that macho demeanor. But again, it doesn't have to be a macho person. And maybe that's for me. And and he's a little, he's definitely a little too old at this point, but I would have more done like more of a Jason Isaacs. Because to me, Tom Hardy is not classy enough. <laughs> that sounds terrible, but he's he, too But it's also the roles he's chosen, right? He's like picked brutal roles. He could be he'd be a great Bond villain. I would absolutely love to see Tom Hardy as a oh, Bond yeah. villain. Jason but, Isaacs, I think, would be a good Bond villain too. Has he been? I don't know. I know. I was about to say he might have been, <laughs> yeah. and we just don't know. I mean, it feels right. It feels right. So right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, if I was going to no, pick he a... Has, I, he has not just, been. Yeah, he has, but... Yeah, but I guess, yeah, I don't mind the I think I'm camp unknown. I'm not. Yeah. Well, I think it could be uh, oddly kind of progressive in its own way to kind of not have it be macho. Yeah, but Henry Golding and Rijan, I don't think either of them are particularly pretty boy, though. Like, no, no, I think they are. Bloom or anything. No, no, I think they are certainly the closest of, but for me, and again, this is just for me, Rijan Page is very just Bridgerton in my head. And I have yet to see him something else that makes me go like, ah, oh, yes, he would. I could see him as Bond. Yeah, just to get it's this. it's just nice that he's he's definitely lesser known than like a Henry Golding. That's why when I was saying it, I was like, I don't know if he's bigger than I'd want him to be already. Because to that point, yes, Daniel Craig had done stuff, and and we, you know, anyone who saw Tomb Raider, okay, we we knew who he was, and it's mm-hmm. a thing where he'd been around for a second. But I would argue that james bond i think kind of did for his career almost what wolverine did for hugh jackman where it's like we knew hugh jackman was around before that and was doing some yeah. stuff but it launched him and so well anybody who gets cast kind of, as james bond is going to oh, launch totally him. yeah Just, yeah but the point is is he wasn't already a-lister by the time he got the james bond role quite yes, he had done like agreed. layer cake and i know got some really good traction with that but on the indie circuit right so i felt like he it launched him into a, the caliber he is now and i'm not saying henry golding is making as much money as Daniel Craig's making right now, but I think Henry Golding is almost as much of a household name, if not as much of one, as Daniel Craig's Oh, I disagree. Maybe I don't not. think he's there yet. Maybe not, I, 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 yeah. I don't think I he really is. Because, I don't think he's. But I don't, okay, and the only reason why is I had to do a stupid icebreaker with my team the other day, and so I asked them what celebrity they think they most look like or whatever. And, of uh, course, one person on my team couldn't come up with anything, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, I think you kind of look like Henry Golding. And he kind of does. And no one knew of the wow. 10 people on this call, no one knew who Henry Golding was. And I was like, oh. See, yeah, I think. Yeah. No, I mean, that, that tracks. I, I was just unhappy who, because who I've like been like, you know what I mean? Like, I've seen him in so many things recently that I've enjoyed him in that I'm like, what, what do you mean you don't know who that is? Yeah, or at least the name yeah, might not be a household name. Reach. Maybe if you- yeah, like but, the face. You know, obviously, we looked it up and everyone was like, oh, okay. You know, but yeah. who knows what that means at that point, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm on board with Henry Golding. I'm on board with Regé Jean Page. I'm on. I mean, I would have picked Henry Golding probably, but I, I, I think I, my preference would be an unknown at this point, yeah. or not, not unknown, but just somebody who we can't even think of. You know? Even lesser known, yeah. Yeah, even lesser known. That doesn't come with any sort of oh, I, I you're this person yeah. in my head all the time. Yeah, like Bridgerton star gets cast as James Bond. Is that's what that headline would read, right? Or like Crazy Rich Asians stars. I don't think they'd be like Snake Eyes star. Snake Eyes is cast as <laughs> Snake Eyes is not James Bond. Be like, what? Like, I've overestimated the reach of Snake Eyes. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. I thought everyone knew Henry Golding. <laughs> yeah, but or I mean, again, and this is also because I think when I think about James Bond, and I've been thinking about my dream casting for it, I have been picturing a woman for the last however many years, and so to ask me to come up with like if we're doing the constraint of. It's a guy, which is a fair one because I think that's where they're going with it. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. know. How about we just remove the requirement of the gender? Who would you? uh, Well, now it's Lashana Lynch. No questions asked. Or are we saying it can't be her? No, it could be. But yeah, well, it could still be who you wish they would cast as the James Bond character, let's say. Like they're rebooting James Bond and it, whether. Oh, oh, okay. So it's not her as no, it's like she would have been. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking like if they're if they're rebooting this and they're erasing the Daniel Craig stuff now, this is a new continuity, and yeah. they're re this James Bond, and I I I don't know I kind of like the idea even if it was a woman you can still call her James because women could be named yeah. that but you could name her Jane Bond if you want whatever you want but I'm just saying like if you were doing it and you could be anyone who who would you think it's a it's a tough one because I I, I still go back in my head and I'm kind of like ah oh, you know but I kind of I do like the idea of it being someone who is actually British so it's like it narrows the pot a little bit. 
There's a lot of them, but I'm just saying it's I like think, I think Jillian Anderson would have been fantastic, but is now too yeah. old. Yeah. She could be like M or something. M, yeah. <laughs> like Lena Headley. Ooh. Although <laughs> After having seen what was the terrible one of the terrible ones we watched, oh, well, with I, with the, I know. I, yeah, no. yeah. Feel me. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I love Lena. I think I think she's probably a little older than I would put as cast yeah, right now. Right. That. That's the thing. It's are we playing the like they're at the pr- the prime of their whatever and playing you the know, first the just... first thing that popped in my head was Amelia Clark, and then I was kind of like I just hmm. don't know if she's not. I kind of you need a sexy aloof factor. I feel like mm-hmm. for Bond. Like, there has to be, like, a level of untouchability. And I feel like, and even though kind of Danny was a little bit like that, but I feel like most of her, she just is so approachable feeling. You know what I mean? And I just don't think yeah. that Bond, Bond is, like, the cool kid in the room. I'm going to say something controversial, but I think I think she kind of puts some of the attitude on display in my solo as mm-hmm. Kira. She does. I like oh, you know, oh, she I, does. I, she, I thought yeah. she pulled off the kind of, she did. You know, and well, she yeah, was, you're she right. You're right. And you're kind of you don't know if you can trust I'm of course her thinking of she... the the rom com movie, which is of course an entirely different character. Yeah. Um, and I haven't the seen one with Henry Yeah, the one with Henry Golding, <laughs> who is spoiler yeah. alert a ghost. <laughs> a ghost. And so I think so. Yeah, I mean, she might she might be able to handle it. I um, I I love her, so that's probably why she popped in my head, but. Yeah, I'm looking at some like lists of stuff. I'm like, mm, I don't want any of these. Who was um the girl who played her handmaiden? Um, she's been in, in like oh, whole thing since. Uh, like, Natalie Emmanuel. There we go. Mm. Yes, but she hasn't she's done in the anything. Fast and the Furious. She's in the Fast and the Furious movies. Yeah, she plays the random computer nerd. But the I'm trying to think if she's because she was fairly badass in Game of Thrones. But everything I've seen her in since hasn't really been. So I don't know. Uh, well, I've since got you're my on answer. a Game of Thrones kick, how about Sophie Turner? No. <laughs> since you're on a Game of Thrones, Sophie you know. Turner. <laughs> oh, she's no. stunning. She's gorgeous. She's she's a child. She is not an her, actor, but she's no. so beautiful. Because I love her, but I don't necessarily see it for her. Very pretty, but no, I love her, but she's just pretty. Not an actor. She's <laughs> yeah. so beautiful. She's so beautiful. She could be a villain. She could be Money Punny. Yeah, yeah. Money Punny doesn't have to do much. No, Money Punny is supposed to be like normal girl hot. She's like, she's too pretty. Yeah. I've got my answer, Tandy Newton. Speaking mm. of Rogue One alumni. Hmm. No, Solo. Sorry, Solo. Yeah. Yeah, that's hot. Yeah, I can do it. <laughs> she's proven she could be a badass in Westworld. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I, it's, I'm, I'm still stuck. I'm like, I don't know where to go from here. I like these suggestions. It has to be somebody who... <gasps> Florence is, Pugh. Oh. That could be fun. She could do it. That could be I'd fun. want... Mm, Yes, yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I think she'd be really fun as a double-crossing agent. She, I want her to be the 006. You know, I want her to be yeah. Alex Trevelyan or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> the Trevelyan. She's the yeah. Trevelyan. Yes. I'm going over and over in my head, and I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. But even a Kristen Stewart, even though she's American. Don't even know. <laughs> I love her. I haven't seen Spencer yet, yeah, though, so I may anyway. take it back. And Once you see Spencer, yeah, I'm a, I'm yeah. a Kristen Stewart boy. She's, that, but, but, but I, I just feel like she's so American. Yeah, yeah, she she's is. a little American, and, and I kind of, I'm kind of picturing like I, I'm picturing, and not to say that they couldn't become this, but I'm kind of mm-hmm. trying to picture like who's kind of like who could kick my ass, you know? Sure. Like, and yeah, I'm trying yeah. to think. Like, I look and and I'm not saying this person, but I'm looking like who who is a British actress who's who's like the Michelle Rodriguez level of she could kill me type of thing. Well, but I think and, Michelle you know, Rodriguez is too gritty. Yeah, no, but I just mean like I I firmly believe that Michelle Rodriguez in real life could kill oh, yes, me absolutely, sure. very easily, and so <laughs> it's like who is that kind of level? It doesn't mean the grit, but I just mean that level of she, you know, she could go come on on the scene here, kind of like when Angie was Tomb Raider type of thing or something. I'm trying to or sure, even sure. Gal Gal is Wonder Woman. Like I'm just trying to think like who is this person? I, I can't think of them, but I like these suggestions. So I don't think this person falls into the category of. I, I think they are probably very fit, but I, I don't I, – I put them more in the, like, beautiful category, but I would believe them as this Gemma Chan. I, well, I was going to say Gemma because I love Gemma. And I was like, yeah, because she's gorgeous. I was gorgeous, sticking to my crazy rich Asian. Yeah, it's me, crazy rich Asian. She's gorgeous. Yeah. She's, she's British. 
Yeah. She's, she's got so the you know, she's, she's posh. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But, yeah. And, uh, you know, we've, we've seen her in Marvel already. So yeah, we know she's she can two, kick ass. Two Marvel outings and she kicks ass. At least we don't know. We, it seems that she'll kick ass in this next one, though. She did in her first But even outing. like just, just physically, yeah. she's shown mm-hmm. that she had, she can have yes. a physicality to her. The stature of it. And, yep. but she's also has that kind of charm about her. Like she's mm-hmm. suave as hell and can just, like, I don't know. I, yeah, I love her. I would love that. And I was thinking almost, uh, I just had her in my head. Oh, Obviously, I don't know Emily Blunt. I think mm. it'd be kind of cool. Uh, I, I like the it. idea of her as Natasha because, you know, she had that role potentially. And I always thought she would be a really good widow. And I kind of see someone being a good widow being a good Bond. I feel like she falls thing. into the approachable camp, though. She yeah. Does. She does. Yeah, she's. She and, she's and again, some of these just have to do with like, the, the choices that these, like the career choices that these folks but have. The played, thing is, is we've seen her thing. most recently in very approachable things. So. Right. I think it, it yeah. you know, if this had been like, if this had been right after, what's the one that she was in with Tom Cruise? Oh, Edge of Tomorrow or Lizard Yes, Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. I think after Edge of Tomorrow, Sicario, that type of stuff, that would have been mm-hmm. the window for her. Yeah. Before Rachel she became Vice, like. Rachel Vice could have done it. Oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah. yeah. I think if I was thinking about Bre- like. Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser. For James. <laughs> right. Well, I was going to say, I think if I was thinking, especially a woman in. We're thinking, oh, well, at any time, like, it, obviously, she's older now, but in her heyday, maybe could have been Bond, but like a little Helen Mirren action. I would, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, Helen. my God. Yeah. That would have been, the, that would have been it. I mean, you know? yeah. They missed the mark on that one. They 100% did. I mean, uh, yeah. Helen Mirren could be the next M. She sure could. I hope I she will. I feel it. Yeah. Or just, just give her from the, dame the, to dame. <laughs> yeah. Or make her a villain. Like, do something like a Oh, let's shit. Get Helen Mirren. Yeah. Was she ever a Bond girl? I don't know. It's like, no, I, mean, I just like I don't think people so. have been, you know, but yeah, I would, I would have loved to have seen that, but yeah, we'll see what they end up doing, but I have a feeling that we will all be a little disappointed with the yes. choice that's made and then we'll all yep. watch it anyway and then feed the beast and then they won't see that there was a problem because we will have mm-hmm. given them our money mm-hmm. and the world will continue. Yep. Sounds about right. <laughs> that's that tracks. That tracks. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you both. We will return in... Oh. <laughs> but we will will actually return next week unfortunately james bond will also return at some point in some incarnation forevermore forevermore very very last thing i will actually say is my only other note for casino royale is this is one of the worst theme songs of all time (laughs) i love that song oh my god it's from chris cordell because i was like who did this r.i.p I forgot. Oh. Well, what's funny is I forgot to say that is I actually really love that opening sequence in general. It was one of my favorite Bond sequences. The sequence like opening is different than. No, I know, but I love the song. I really do love the song. But I just because oh. I that was actually not to get into, but I was going to ask if you had a ranking of favorite Bond songs. Mine are not always very popular, but I that's one of I love that song. So "Live and Let Die" is probably my favorite because Iconic, yeah, yeah. I, "Skyfall" because I think it got so much play on the radio and also it does a genius uh, Billy Eilish so, was fine I really like Billy's a lot I, I actually really liked Sam Smith a lot the writings on the wall oh yes yes I loved that I loved uh, Shirley Manson's or garbage when they did uh, the world is not enough I loved that I don't remember I, really don't, remember, I don't remember most of the songs but I remember that one yeah the wait who did you say did the world is not enough garbage but Shirley Manson oh yes yes I call I call garbage Shirley Manson but it's really it's garbage yes because I was gonna say Shirley Bassey in the beginning of Mm. Goldfinger that Goldfinger opening is that's amazing and that that song is wonderful yeah and then there's always uh Madonna with Die Another Day you know you know okay unpopular opinion I I love it I enjoy it it's good dance song oh I love it oh it's on my Madonna playlist let me tell you I love it wow Armstrong did a James Bond this doesn't make sense yeah, there's been some really good uh, songs, and it's I you can I think on most streaming services you can find like a Bond playlist, and it, it's there's some good songs on there. I'm just looking at the. I appreciate the traditions that they've kept alive in the franchise, being the song, and mm-hmm. I don't appreciate the misogyny and the objectifying tradition, but also the stupid way they all start with him shooting at the screen. Like I love it. Like it's just like. <laughs> It's yeah, so dumb, yeah. but it's like I like that they've kept that that string that thread alive. Wow, I've yeah, some good some songs. Of the, some of the people who've done some of these have been fascinating. Shirley, ba- Shirley yeah. Bassey has a fair number. So, well, this uh, this other list ranks 
yeah. you know my name. Chris Cordell's is the lowest one too. So I agree. Does it? Um, yeah. I think for me, it's but I didn't like like the Jack White Alicia Keys one for like Quantum of Solace. I think that would be a, a very low one for me. And there's there's been some, but you know, whatever. R.I.P. Chris Cornell. I respect you. Um, I, it's not that I don't respect it. I just did not. I know. I'm kidding. It did not work for me as it and then and the other, okay sorry we're, i guess our discussion is not done because the other <laughs> very funny thing i i noticed is like the technology phone technology yeah. and i was thinking about it and i was like what the hell is he on like a blackberry in casino Royale? And was, nope. my my two notes for golden eye are i laughed that that you know we hacked the moat we spiked the modem so i was like oh god a modem <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah they were using modems and telephone numbers well, yeah, because it's funny because when you watch something in the 90s, I feel like we're far enough removed where you're like, oh, you're laughing. But it's like, oh, pagers and dial up and this and that. But yeah. the early 2000s is still really rough for me to think about a time before 2007, before we had iPhones. That's weird. Yeah. And I was, and well, that's, that's Casino Royale. Like, so I was jarring. like, what's yeah, happening right here? And then there was another scene in uh, No Time to Die that I felt like he was using an older piece of technology, but maybe it was a flashback. It, it like, might have. It might have been the uh, what was it the was it a Nokia or what was I forget what the brand was of smartphone that they were that he was using. Yeah, was yeah. Sponsor. It might have looked. <laughs> yes, there were some very yeah. uncomfortable product placement moments. Yeah, but it was, I felt pressure, like it was earlier but... that. But oh my yeah, god, no, that yeah. the the texting in Casino Royale was spectacular. Yeah. It's just like yeah. one word text oh. that you probably had to do on a you couldn't even do on a T nine. You had to. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and it's just hysterical because it's like the movie's not that old. It's it's you know it's up there now, but it, it doesn't feel that old to us. Yeah. I don't think, at least to me. But it's still just that year, right? Well, two years they had to film it, but like the year before iPhones came out, that movie came right. out. So it's like it, that really was how we were communicating at the time. <laughs> so yep. unless you had BBM, that's what we were doing. And so it's it's just so jarring to think about the difference in technology from just one year, right? Especially because you know this is supposed to be cutting. Excuse me, cutting edge super spy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I love it. He also didn't I hope he had an unlimited text plan. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I sure hope he did too. But you know, it's it gives it the charm, but it's just funny because it feels more modern than that. Yeah, because I think if you took that part of it out, almost everything else in the film would feel yeah, you know, of, like it theoretically could take place now. Yeah, like of today. Yeah. yeah. Taking some of the misogynistic themes out, because he still does, you know, there's there's a lot more womanizing in that first one then. But all right. That was my those were my final parting thoughts. I had to I had to say it about the themes on those. It's like I can't have this not be on the record. I can't let this slide. No. This must be known. Okay. Thank you, as per usual, to Jackie and Matt, and now a couple of follow-up points. So there are 25 canonical James Bond films, but there are indeed two films from other production companies. There's the 1967 version of Casino Royale, which is technically a comedy parody and stars David Niven as Bond, and yes, does in fact feature Woody Allen, which is gross. And then the other one is Never Say Never Again, which came out in 1983, where Sean Connery returned to play Bond after a 12-year absence. There were two Bond movies that came out that year, and I don't know if you've seen Never Say Never Again, but it is it is something. And then as for Amazon acquiring MGM, in May of 2021, they announced that they had signed a deal to acquire MGM for $8.45 billion. So this includes the rights to James Bond, Tomb Raider, the Rocky films, TV shows like The Handmaid's Tale, and a bunch of other things. But this deal is still subject to SEC approval and other regulatory scrutiny, so it's not officially done yet. But I, these days, not much seems to stand in the way of these media monopolies. So expect to see Amazon presents James Bond at some point, most likely. And then there is another film in which James Bond has a wife. I had it confused. The wife previously had a child from another marriage. And so in the novels, James Bond had a wife. She was the daughter of a criminal boss. She had a child from the previous marriage, but the child passed away before she met James Bond. And then on screen, she is portrayed by Dame Diana Rigg, RIP, in Her Majesty's Secret Service, which was indeed George Lazenby's only Bond film. So in terms of literary canon, she's Bond's only wife. And then she's killed on their wedding day by Bond's nemesis, Ernst Stravo Blofeld, who in the movies is played by Christoph Waltz. That has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.